Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden on the Truth Straight Up on a Wednesday brought to you by by AmericaCitizenPress.com. Great conservative website. And also Dr. Julie McCallan and Denver Synergetics, where you had your great appointment yesterday. Yes. Things went very well. We're happy to report that Chuck will be able to live until at least his next another appointment. Another week or another, two. Another <laughs> week or two. So lot to talk about today. At 3.30, we're going to have Mike Gonzalez. Um, he is an author, a political commentator, has a new book out called BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. I read a funny thing that said BLM now stands for Buy Lots of Mansions. <laughs> which I still which have is to- where they spend their money. <laughs> yeah. doing. And, but we're really pleased to have with us somebody who's become one of my my favorite persons to read, Ash in America. Um, Ash, so thank you for your time and welcome to the show. We're so pleased to have you. And let me give a little bit of an introduction. Um, uh, Ash has become the newest columnist for the Glendale Cherokee Chronicle, which is very exciting for us. Um, The reason I decided to to hire Ash uh, at a munificent rate. (laughs) Yeah. well, it was the fact that, you know, I was a delegate, so was Julie down at the uh, Republican convention at the uh, World Arena, uh, Broadnars World Arena. And it was a joyous occasion. People had a great time. Grassroots people were elected and, and uh, they cheered for the people they liked. They, they booed the people or at least hissed the people they didn't. Um, but grassroots people won for all the major positions. I did not hear, read a single newspaper, a single column, a single terrestrial radio show that did nothing but mock and belittle all the people there. Because um, they made the wrong decision. Because they made the wrong decision. Um, and and it, it's just pathetic. It's pathetic. So if it had, screw that. I don't uh, a newspaper. I don't a newspaper. <laughs> I mean, let's tell the people the truth for a change. Uh, it may be just one outlet among hundreds that are against us, including all the radio, George Brockler and Jimmy Singenberger and Stephen Tubbs and, oh, God, everybody on KOA, everyone on KHOW. Um, it's about time that we actually got the word out because as the, as the assembly proved, that's where the Republican base is. That's where the Republican Party is. That's where all the people are elected. And yet every one of them, including Phil Anschutz, Colorado Politics, and Denver Gazette, he had his editor-in-chief mocking and leering at, at Ron Hanks and everyone else. So I think it's about time we start fighting back. And one of those weapons will be Ash in America. <laughs> there <laughs> Ash, you go. Ash, great to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a it's a pleasure to be with you, and it's a pleasure to uh, to write the column. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, why yeah. don't you talk first? I want to let everybody know you can find all of her other stuff at ashinamerica.com. And I all, highly, all, all her stuff. <laughs> yeah, all her stuff. And I highly recommend you go there. But let me just kind of jump in by I want to talk to you about Senate Bill 153 because you testified against that, but also just to get your take on on the assembly because you've done some great columns on that as well. 
Sure. Um, so I attended the assembly. I'm not a Republican. I'm a proudly unaffiliated voter. I was a Republican up until 2011, very active in the Tea Party. I was a young mom. Um, I had uh, a toddler and an infant and uh, 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 my third boy in in my belly when we marched on uh, Washington to um, oppose Obamacare with Michelle okay. Bachman and um, that whole thing. And um, uh, saw what happened with the Tea Party, saw the Republican establishment circle around itself. Um, I was in Florida at the time, so different different players, same game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, said, I'm, I'm done. I've had enough of this. And really kind of checked out of politics until Trump was elected. I wasn't a huge fan of Trump. I liked Ben Carson. Um, I kind of held my nose and voted for Trump in 2016 and then was really pleasantly surprised. I thought he was going to be a sleeper Democrat. Right. I mean, right. My, my husband's from New York. I've lived in New York, familiar with Trump, uh, you know, as a business and, and real estate mogul. And so I thought he was going to be more more of a Democrat um, and was pleasantly surprised. First time in my lifetime that we've seen anybody deregulate and give power back to the people. And right. that got me excited to um, to pay attention. And then we saw Russian collusion. Right. And we saw the the half of the country drag all of us through something that was pretty obviously false, I think, right. um, from the beginning. And, you know, I said, I remember with the first impeachment hearing, looking at my husband and saying, you know, they have, they had to know they're going to get caught and that, that this is a lot, but they're, they're putting us through this anyway. That's, that's not okay. So then, you know, by the 2018 midterms, I was pretty solidly on team Trump, still anti Republican establishment because, um, it's a uniparty, but, uh, you know, I, um, you know, in 2020 walked, walked doors. Um, I campaigned for Ken Buck, who's my congressman out here, who's an absolute disaster. And, um, <laughs> I call him, uh, Ken dominion is awesome. And everything's great with our elections buck. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, God told me not to be silent a while ago and somebody needs to speak the truth. And the truth is that both sides are on the opposite side of the people. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, really you know, uh, and you've done a great job of exposing that. And, and like Chuck said, you listen to the establishment and you, and you look at the MAGA support around the country. And, and my point is Colorado is not some weird outlier, right? That it's like everybody else, all the other Republicans in the, in the, in the country like Trump and identify as MAGA people. But only here in Colorado, the establishment would have us believe everybody hates Trump. It's like, no, that's not true. It's like you all hate Trump. And it, like you said, they're part of the Uniparty. Um, and so they try to say, well, you know, that what happened at the assembly was bizarre. And uh, but it's like, no, that's where people are. People want candidates. I mean, even polls show uh, that people realize by now that there are questions to be asked about the election. And, you know, the, no, they don't want you asking. No, they don't want and you Ken asking. Ken Buck certainly doesn't want you to ask him because he's he says uh, for an election which um, ballot harvesting was was absolutely rampant and everything else. He says the gold standard. Well, where where does the guy come up with? Well, the he gold got standard? elected, so I imagine for well, him it was. But well, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. And he also thinks we Liz don't Cheney. know. Yeah. yeah, we don't. Well, he thinks Liz Cheney is great. Um, who, what Republican thinks Liz Cheney is great? I mean, it's just it's an amazing thing. But what what people don't quite understand, and and I'm always hesitant to prove it, but it's really the grassroots versus one billionaire and, in Colorado, uh, in Colorado. Uh, I mean, Phil Anschutz 
controls, you know, the world arena. Who owns the world arena where the assembly was at? Phil Andrews. Um, who, who owns uh, Caro Springs Gazette? Who owns um, the Independence Institute indirectly, but the major funder, Complete Colorado? Um, they had the editor uh, in chief of the, of, of the uh, Caro Politics and Caro Gazette just mock and leer at uh, every conservative person who was elected at the assembly. And so people love to say the donor class, or they, you know, there is no donor class. <laughs> well, there, there is, really there's is only there. one person in well, it. Well, there are others. There are a few others that, that are his friends, but but that's you're facing one person. And someday, um, the only way you're ever going to fight back is to recognize you're fighting against one billionaire. Um, and he doesn't like publicity. He doesn't like to be up front. Uh, but that's who you're facing. And until the Republican, and if he withdraws his money, the Republican Party has no money. But I'd rather have it no money, but actually stand for something than, than some money uh, who's only, we're only there to be the Washington generals for the Democrats. We're there to run phony elections in which you can't possibly win because of ballot harvesting. And then go have the Ken Bucks and the Christy Burton Browns say this is a gold standard and wonderful. It's just, it's just sad and it's pathetic. But well, I I think that the assembly showed that he might it might be one might be one billionaire, right? And I think it's it's yeah. one billionaire and a lot of hangers on, right? right. Yes. People who yes. people who want their cut. Um, but that's the old way of politics. And I yes. think the assembly showed sixty one percent of people of delegates at the assembly. This is sixty one percent of people who are paying attention enough and care enough to be involved in their local party and they the party likes to keep those seats empty. They right. like to keep it small and manageable. And because of things like the precinct project and my Colorado GOP, who yeah. really for the past two years have worked hard to get people in people in the party into those positions. We, 61% of people voted for Tina Peters. A vote for Tina Peters is a vote for election integrity. And the, right. Republican, the Republican Party in Colorado has tried to um, tried to pretend like this isn't happening. They've been p- trying yes. to pretend like election integrity. Oh, it's a, it's a fad. It's, it's a, a trend. It's a right? denier. Yeah, debunk. Right. Right. right, right. Election deniers is what they call us. And they put us on numbered lists. Right. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but we're not going away, right? This was, no. I mean, it was supposed to be, you know, April of 2021 and we were all tired and we went back to our lives just like every other time anybody has ever cried about an election, right? But this was different because they stole it with impunity brazenly before our eyes. And they want us all to pretend like we're stupid. You know, you talk about SB 22153. I, um, I, I did testify the other day and the, uh, you know, we went through, had, had 35 people sign up to testify. A handful of them were for the bill. The majority were against the bill, both in person and remotely. And after all of that, um, Representative Kennedy, the chair of the committee, and Representative Valdez and others said, "Well, you guys are just sore losers, right? Yeah. You're just..." And and one of them had the gall to say, "This has gone on long enough." Uh, no, sweetie, you don't get to decide that. No, we, we, the you... people are in charge of our government, and you're not going to continue to lie to our faces. Um, one of one of the people that was um, that was testifying with me said, "Who on this panel has has read the Mesa reports?" Nobody right. raised their hand right now. You know, they, 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 they that's because it's not the true. They just, right. they just know God spoke to them in their sleep and told them it was all not true. So they don't have to read. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, we got- if you never look at, if you never look, you'll never see it. Right. right. And that's, right. that's the game that they're playing. 
Well, we got it. We've got we've got an important primary coming up June 26 um, for the Republican 28th. I'm sorry, 28th. Um, and it's it's critical that that at least some grassroots people get to go to the general election, or I think everybody can be like you and get away from the Republican Party. As far <laughs> I, as I think people are in for a surprise. I think I that we are on, you know, for a long time. And again, I left the party in 2011. For a long time, people have been disillusioned. I was actually pulling the numbers of registration changes since 2015. And you see unaffiliated go like this and you see right. Republicans and Democrats go like this. There, 44 to 45% of the population of Colorado is unaffiliated from either of the two main political parties. About 2% is affiliated with some other party, okay. right? And so you've got almost 50% of the state of the voting population that is not, isn't going to going to say I'm a D isn't going to say that I'm an R. Now the Republican party wants you to believe that those people vote like Democrats. I'm one of those people. Right. And there's a lot of people like me who are done with the two party system. So the Republican party is making a strategic error by not listening to their people. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I think that the primaries are going to be an even greater disappointment and embarrassment for the establishment than the assembly. was. I think so too. And let me, I want to get into the Senate for, for folks who don't know, and maybe listening Senate bill 153, essentially it's an, a, a partisan hack power grab by sure. Jenna Griswold, the secretary of state to essentially, um, take all of the power and give her all of the power. Now, as I understand it, they took out the part that would make it an actual crime that could land you in jail for, for criticizing Jenna, any, Griswold. Jenna Griswold. But but that's all it is. And it, to me, and I wanted you to talk about this too, because one of the reasons at the assembly, there was such a push for paper ballots, and we won't even go into the Christy Burton Brown outright lies about that, why it couldn't happen. But it's because we said, if we want to be the party of election integrity, it starts at this most basic level. And can you talk about this? And they said, no, no, you stupid grassroots people. Um, But then you mentioned, or somebody had mentioned at this Senate Bill 153 hearing, they actually used that against us, right? They took, just like we said they would do, right? They took what the Republicans, what they shoved down our throats by the establishment, and they used that as saying, see, look, there's bipartisan support. Oh, right. Sure. So so at the assembly there, they there was a call for paper ballots. There was a a very long, complicated motion that was read. But by the time he actually got to paper ballots, when you hear Christy Burton Brown say, is there a second? It's like the whole arena erupts. I second. I want paper ballots. Right. Right. Then Christy and the parliamentarian and Chris Murray, the lawyer, who's also the general counsel for Dominion or his law firm is the the, the registered lobbyist rather for Dominion. Um, he's the general counsel for the Republican Party in Colorado. You can't make this um, up. You know, you really can't. You really can. It's, it's almost comical, but they spent then the next 20 to 25 minutes confusing people, right? Reading right. off the rules and, 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 oh, we can't do this. We'll be here till midnight. We don't have paper ballots. We don't, they just in our headline. So at the moment that they seconded the bill, the whole place wanted paper ballots, but then they went to work systematically, you know, right. trying to confuse people. And by the end, by the time they voted on it a second time, people were like, let's just move on. Right. Well, well because it's, you know, Robert's Rules of Order, it's, it's motion, second discussion, right. uh, and then a vote. It is not motion, second, and Christy Burton Brown gets to say whatever she wants. She gets to lie wherever he wants and refuses to let anybody else talk. I mean, the idea... I mean, you know, there were a lot of first-time people there at the assembly, but I'm not a first-time person, and I've been there with paper ballots, and we got out 
at at four thirty because right. while you're you know there are lots right. of ways of doing it in which you don't have to extend it forever. Um, now, if you want to, like Christy Burton, but it, it, I, more people are, oh, I don't want to be here to midnight because she's lying to you. She's <laughs> it, just it, plain lying. It's a dishonest emotional plea because the largest yeah. county is El Paso, right? So the maximum you would count, you would count paper ballots by county. The maximum number of paper ballots that you would have had to count was 800. Oh, that's right. It's not like you, that's a really 800. Good you can't, it's going to take you till midnight they don't as a have county the, yeah, to it's count not like 800 ballots. It's not like they all go, like you said, it's a giant fishbowl yeah. and I hand it to Chuck and Chuck writes down one, you know, and then him another one. Well, it was. Well, really- you also can count earlier races once they're finished while the other people are talking, if you want to do right. it that way. Right. There are a thousand different ways. Well, and Neil did a but, great job at CDA. Yeah, CDA, we had, I don't know, four or 500 people there, or three to 500. And we did all paper ballots up on a stage in a fishbowl. So Chrissy just lied and, and she got yes. away with it, as she often does. Um, and, well, and, and they the want Democrats you to have got the clickers. They had yeah. to have the clickers, yes, right? And so clickers. they pushed for the clickers. And then, Julie, to your point, in the hearing on SB 22153, in, in their closing remarks to justify, you know, the the additional um, power grab away from the counties into the hands right. of the Secretary of State, who's proven so trustworthy, yes, right? right. Yes. No. Um, now, the county checks and balances are gone with this bill. Right. Their way of justifying it was they, they mentioned two people. They mentioned Christy Burton Brown just use right. electronic voting devices at the GOP convention. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned, but if this was a bad bill, Matt Crane wouldn't, well, be, Matt Crane, he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't endorse it. Now and they're all reading how people Crane who met, explain to people who Matt Crane is and what are the issues with Matt Crane? So Matt Crane is a, um, is a, uh, uh, he, th- so there's this weird thing that happens in, in Colorado politics and we're finding it, um, in Colorado elections specifically, we're finding it all over the country where there's this kind of revolving door of public right. and private. Right. And so people go out and work for the vendors for a bit, then they come back into public office. And, and it's so Matt Crane used to be a clerk of Arapahoe County. He then went to um, work, he uh, worked for a couple of uh, private companies, and he is um, the poster boy for Global Mobile, which is a, a mobile right. voting company. Now, I'm not being hyperbolic, he's actually on the poster for oh. Global Mobile. And that which- would be voting with your cell phone, right? This voting is, with but yes. they want you just to go so forget. I mean, yeah, no, 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 yes. go with clickers anymore, right? Just vote with your cell phone. Okay. Yeah. So he's so in addition to to that investment in a in a mobile voting technology, um, he is the head uh, executive director of the county clerk and Colorado County Clerks Association. So the Colorado County Clerks Association is a non government organization that is funded through dues that our clerks pay with our tax dollars and um, some other donation type activities. And they really come around the clerks and make them feel warm and fuzzy about yeah. the, the well, Colorado a, gold standard of election. Basically, it's, it's a lobbying it group for the vendors. It's, it's, a left, it's a left wing and always has been a left wing lobbying group. Donata Davidson, who was the secretary of state back in 2002, was the one who introduced no fault um uh, absentee ballots. You didn't have to have a reason, no which excuse, which yeah. was the first step into uh, mail-in ballots. And and the right. association's always taken the left side. Uh, well, because there's more money in it. Yeah, well, we were up in, in Larimer County, and they were talking about for the Greeley Republican women's, and they were talking about 
uh, how their clerk said, it's absolutely safe. It's perfect. It's great. And the minister said, I watched him pour hundreds of ballots. <laughs> well, you know, that's... Except for that part. Well, yeah. So the, what, what's safe, or if you want to call it safe, is by the time the ballots are finally get in the box, but how they get in the box, how many, you know, how many old age homes they go, they have not the slightest idea, but the clerks have been convinced by, you know, KBB, by Matt Crane, everybody else, that this system, which is, which is one of the great mass delusions, uh, that Colorado has this just perfect system. And you have so many people, Matt Crane, KBB. Well, his wife works for Dominion, yeah, right? Yeah, well, she did for 18 years. For, yeah. Um, she, and, yes, his, she did. She did uh, Smartmatic and then Dominion. And the right. other thing is, you know, you said, oh, they're basically a lobbying group. They're actually a lobbying group. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Colorado County Clerk Association hired 5280 Strategies to lobby on SB 22153 for the bill. <laughs> for the bill. No, and so just, I mean, this is my layperson's interpretation of the bill. Essentially, what it does is say that, that Jenna Griswold can decertify or certify, she has the ultimate say. So say, if I write, say, so say, among other things it does. So say I have a question about the way the election results came out and I, we, we have outright fraud and I'm the clerk and I'm like, I'm not going to de- I'm not going to certify this. Um, Jenna Griswold can come in and certify it. And likewise, she can come in and decertify it. So say Trump wins in a certain county, she can go in and say, oh, I decertify that. Well, I it mean, also right? took all the county counties Ability not to have automatic voting machines. Everything is except unless they yeah, have two is. people living there, um, and and the county clerks are are pushing for it. Really, and I can't even think they go. No, we want to have our own ability to run elect. No, you don't. You want to have Jenna Griswold do it. So it's it's sickening, and the establishment Republicans are a sickening group. And that's all you see on George Baca's show. We had Matt Crane on. He had all I don't want to attack him necessarily. But- well, sure, we want to attack him. He's attacking us. Oh, I mean, are we talking a- about attacking George Brockler? I'll attack that guy all day long, <laughs> <laughs> verbally and and rhetorically, right? Um, well, you know, on a personal. I, I- but- when I listen to that show, I apologize, Chuck, but I have sure. to get this out. When I listen to the show, wh- the radio show where Christy Burton Brown and Priscilla Ron came on, I. It took me a little bit to get my footing again. I couldn't believe that people like that still existed. I, I find it fascinating that 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 level of just complete detachment from decorum and kindness and critical thought. Um, it was a propaganda show, but it was also uh, very, you know, um, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling with the words, but the the idea of you know we're we're the elites it's uh, you, so um uh Mika and Joe Brzezinski I don't know if you guys saw right this. we oh, saw yeah. that yeah yeah right yeah. where they co- felt comfortable calling themselves the elites right, right that's right. that's the kind of sense that I was li- when I was listening to Brockler and I'm like who is this guy and how are people actually listening to this and are okay with it and I mean you see you you can see it right with the establishment that can see sixty one percent of their their delegates say, you know what, we want to go a different way. We don't like the way you're taking them. And then immediately they they start to belittle and mock them and dismiss right. them. Well, after it's incredible us, to me. After telling us, all they do is ram down our thoughts. I mean, we had Walker Stapleton, right? We had, you know, Bob Beaupre. We could 
has got on the whole list of horribles that they put up there. And they tell us, shut, shut up. Don't be a circular firing squad. We've got to unify. Right, and then right. the instant they don't get what they want, they're saying, don't support them financially. You know, the Republican Party is doomed. And, and I mean, my point is, you know, to those who say the Republican Party is doomed if the grassroots candidates make it onto the ballot. What have you won anyway? It's like doomed right. how? I mean, it's been Bill Owen since you won anything. So it's- Well, you have you have the head of the uh, leader of the minority party in the House, Hugh McCain, gets crushed in even- his assembly. I mean, he gets 35% of the vote or something. Um, Senator Lundeen, evil Senator Lundeen, who is going to be the majority, is going to be president of the Senate if the Republicans win. He lost his primary. And he so lost his all- primary to a firecracker of a candidate. She is Good. going to wipe the floor with him Excellent. in the primary. Um, this Linda Zamora Wilson, uh, she uh, for Senator Lundeen's seat, she was in the race for five days. At the moment of that assembly, she took 55%. She has four degrees, uh, four advanced degrees, uh, Air Force instructor, retired. Oh, she's amazing. And wow. um, she is, she's ready to fight. Well, and this is from Charlene here. So in effect, KBB interfered with two elections. Tina Peter is on successful interference in paper ballots, successful interference. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, and like, like Ash. Well, I, I do want to say, no, 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 let me say something. I do want to say, you know, George Brock has been a friend for 15, 20 years, maybe. There, and there's no nicer, more self-effacing person. But he used to be a rebel. And now he is totally within within the billionaire um, well, that's where the grasp. money is. Well, and Patricia Rahm was a real grass person and a, and a real friend. And now they, you know, they just surround you. They beat you up. They smack you in the face and they drag you across the pavement and make you confess on the George <laughs> Proctor show. I mean, it's disgusting. It's well, disgusting. you know, I was on the show with um, Joe Oltman the other night and I brought up George Brockler and he said the same thing. He's a nice guy. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. I'm yeah. like, you know what? You know what, Chuck? I don't know him. <laughs> he's not my he's not my buddy but he seems real comfortable uh def- defaming and yes. slandering oh happy really happy strong to. candidates right yeah. and, well, and, and think- nobody gets a pass i i've i've been through the we're gonna fix it in the party thing before right, right. Yeah, yeah. Party. well i'm not doing it again I, and, and, I'm, and i'm gonna keep speaking the truth and here's a thing that i think is so encouraging though because we only have a few minutes left with you and that is we're winning Right. That's why they're freaking out, because we're winning in spite of everything, in spite of all of them trying to say you deny this, you deny that people voted for Tina Peters. People voted for Ron Hanks. Right. They even voted for that thorn guy who no one had ever even heard of before. Right. And it's like so people, I, I think, are clearly saying to the establishment, we see through you now. We've taken the red pills. We're not going back. And I would say if they want to leave the Republican Party, go ahead. Form your own little party. You be unaffiliated and the rest of us. This is is what I'm saying. Because when they say that's not the Republican Party, I'm like, no, we are the Republican Party. And I think you're right, Ash. I think it is going to be a great day for grassroots candidates in June with the primary because this was just a small segment of of the, you know, I mean, which is why they went, of course, open primaries, which is a whole other topic. Well, there you go. You finally got it. You finally got it. This won't be a Republican nominees. They'll be overwhelmed. By by Catherine Murdoch and all the lefties pouring money in and votes. And and if, if it was just Republicans, these candidates win overwhelmingly. But as long as they can crook it, as long as KBB and all the rest of them can get left wing people to run against Lauren Boebert and all that, uh, who knows who will win? 
But if it was Republicans, there's no question these big candidates would win. And and so, you know, I fought for two years to get open primaries, finally got into court. And who do we get? Uh, Judge Kane, who said, oh, no, you're Republican. You're Republican. No, oh, whatever, no. Your, whatever your motion is, I'm denied. Yeah, denied, denied, denied. denied. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just so sad that 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 the the left and the one billionaire uh, have have taken this the state down. Ours. You yeah. know, people always say, you know, Repo- Colorado is no longer the place that I, it once was. Well, guess why? Democrats destroy everything, and one Democrats helped them. One billionaires helped them. Yeah, I, I I think that the um, the establishment on both sides in the state of Colorado is very comfortable with the way that things are. The yes. Republican establishment likes being the minority party. They like to be yes. able to fundraise and have their you know dinners and hang out, and you know we're all we're all buddies and friends. And when it comes time for them to stand up and do something on behalf of the people, they can always say sorry, Democrats, right? right. And so I think that time is changing. The other thing is people always tell you who they are at the beginning of the assembly we were told over and over again by speaker after speaker that we have right. to unify and right. we can't call people a radical and we can't call people a rhino and we can't do this and we can't do that. We all have to unify. When they lost, they weren't unified at all. <laughs> no. right? I mean, George Brockler, Christy Burton Brown, um, Priscilla Rom, that Ron, that was, that was the least unifying thing. Um, and they were they were really directing those barbs and those arrows at 61 percent of delegates. So I think the unity message is um, intellectually <laughs> dishonest and disingenuous. And the the party, the grassroots uh, portion of the right. Right. It's not Republican grassroots. Right. right. The Republican Party wants to own and command the grassroots. And I think what they learned at the assembly is that they don't. Right. right? But uh, they're foot on the gas. For the grassroots, um, well, if, if, winning, if, like you said, if the Julie. establishment wins the primaries, it'll be back. What do you mean you're not yeah, uniting? What do you mean Dick Waddles will be screaming? <laughs> You've got to unify. You got to unify. Let me, Ashley. Got to let you go. You've been wonderful. Besides, right, thank you, now Abby, we yeah. can have you in the and the Glendale Trade Creek Chronicle. Where can people read and find all of your work, and how can they follow you? So my work is at ashinamerica.com, ash with an E in america.com. And I'm on Telegram at Ash in America. I have a handle on all the other social medias, but I'm really just on Telegram. Perfect. Great. Okay. Thank, thank you so you, much. Ash. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thank you. Oh, she's all right. right. She's going to read another column. Um, this also from, I think Charlene, I can't believe all the divisive and hurtful things Brockler and the establishment Republicans are saying about the winners out of the convention. Yeah. So more of that we've got now. Oh, thank you, TJ, for this. We've got Mike Gonzalez with us online uh, too. Online too. He hello. is a, a, hello, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, thank you for your time. Hey. Um, you're an author comes. You got a new book out, BLM, the making of a new Marxist revolution. I was joking earlier that BLM now stands for buy lots of mansions. Um, but you're, you're, but why don't you tell folks, I mean, BLM, it's, you know, their financing, everything is in question right now that defund the police. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself quickly and then also then about your new book? Sure. So I'll be very brief about myself. That's pretty boring. I was a journalist oh. for, uh, close to 20 years, mostly in Latin America, Europe, and, and Asia. Uh, 11 of those were the Wall Street Journal. Then I worked for the Bush administration, writing speeches at the State Department. And I've been at Heritage for 13 years, uh, writing books and papers. I, I did serve on President Trump's 76th commission, and that's me. 
Yeah. Uh, now, why the next one is you want me to write to tell you why I wrote the book? Yeah. Sure. And what's and what's and what you exposed in it? I mean, first, my people should buy it, but I mean, give us a little bit of a rundown too. They don't help too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, I mean, you mentioned the, the mansions. To me, the grift is not the important thing, right? I mean, we've always had grifters. Uh, people say, well, the communists, you know, how can they have mansions? Well, I like to remind people that Andropov and Gorbachev and the others had very, you know, had luxury hunting lodges and in, 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 in dachas in the, in the Russian countryside, and that Fidel Castro, that a billionaire. This is this is part of being a communist. Um, uh, to me, the, the the most important thing is that a, a group of Marxists, of self-avowed Marxists, I would call them fanatical Marxists, have already achieved a great transformation of our society. And unless we do something about it, and I think the American people are doing something about it, you know, they're standing up and saying they don't want critical race theory and gender theory, and this is all; these are all manifestations of the same cultural Marxism. But unless we do something about it, we're going to lose the country. Yes, wow. that's true. I agree with you. Well, talk a little bit about well, who are the founders? Oh, yeah, exactly. How did they, they get so get so many bamboozled? Us all, yeah. So we have well, they, they bamboozled us because they have a great slogan: "Black Lives Matter." Man, right. if, if black lives don't matter to you, I don't want to talk to you. You know, right. I never say all lives matter. Obviously, I believe that all lives matter. We're all children of God. But we have to affirm that black lives matter. So they hide behind this great slogan who they are. Well, uh, the, the two main ones are Patrice Coulers and Alicia Garza. We, I, I can just give you the names, and then you tell me what you want to hear about them. Well, Paul Tometti is also very important. In one that never gets attention but is very, very important is Melina Abdullah, the head of the of the Los Angeles branch of Black Lives Matter, and when I say Black Lives Matter, just again, it's not the concept which is unimpeachable. It's the organization, the Black Lives right. Matter Global Network Foundation. That is the organization founded by these Marxists that has achieved what it has achieved already. Well, then talk a little bit about the history because I think you know if people aren't paying a whole lot of attention, and I'll admit I was one of them, right? I was never heard of Black Lives Matter until after some of the riots, and then so I think people may be under the impression that it sort of spontaneously arose, erupted, in yeah, in the right. black community, and and for for equal rights and la 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 la. But actually, as I understand it, they've been around a lot longer, and as you said, this Marxist stuff is is at the core of all of it. Yeah, they they have, they were trained by Marxist theoreticians for years and years before they founded Black Lives Matter in 2013. Uh, they they were enmeshed in a in a a, a nationwide network of, uh, of, of 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 Marxist organizations. Uh, actually, not just nationwide, global. After all, the name of the group is the Global Network Foundation. Um, uh, so so they they had they were ideological for a long time. Uh, before BLM came across, um, uh, and, and 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 this is, by the way, the reason why Americans, good Americans, have not heard about this, have put silence on their laws, and the media will not report on it. Right. Everything right. I have just said to you is is in 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 open in open source, right? Everything right. is public, the public domain. People, people, you're listening right now. Oh, who listens? Who the heck is this guy, Mike Gonzalez? I'm going to Google all this stuff. Please do Google all this stuff because all this stuff is out there. Right. The media won't report it, though. That's the problem. Well, and how did they become such a, a, yeah. a, a potent force? Was it... I have all this organizational ability, which showed up in the riots, 
um, after killing of, of uh, George. Were they, yeah, were they just kind of waiting for the right moment? Or, or I mean, it's been, I'm a conspiracy theorist about everything anymore. Um, and, and can you maybe talk about how did they go from being relatively obscure, but still kind of doing their thing, to all of a sudden, poof, everybody in your neighborhood has BLM signs in their front yard now. So let me give you the, the three stages, and I'll tell you, I'll answer your question with the three stages. They are, uh, the first one is the, the, the acquittal of George Zimmerman, the neighborhood watchman, who was half Hispanic, by the way, right, uh, and right. for the killing of Trayvon well, The New York Times said uh, he was a white Hispanic. Yeah, he was a white Hispanic. Well, but, I mean, do, what Hispanics do exist, right? I mean, you do, Hispanics is not a well, race. Yeah, you're Hispanic, you're thing. not, you're not, you know, I mean, why is he somehow an honorary white? <laughs> no, right, right. right. No, 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 I, 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 the New York Times did it on purpose. What I'm saying is Hispanics is just an ethnicity. People, right. people of African ancestry, European ancestry, Chinese ancestry, sure. they're all Hispanic, right? Um, they, but it was, it was at this acquittal that uh, Alicia Garza writes this, uh, you know, Facebook posting says Black Lives Matter. Patrice Colors, her colleague, her Marxist colleague, says, "Hey, we should really, you know, make this into a thing, into into a global thing." And 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 Paul Tometi, who's good at social media, puts a, puts a hashtag on it, right? And but then it's really the next year, 2014, when Michael Ferguson gets killed by a cop in in, in uh, uh, Michael, sorry, Michael Brown gets killed Michael killed Brown. by a cop in Ferguson, Missouri, a suburb of St. Louis, that did a, then a bunch of socialist groups descend on Ferguson, Missouri in November 2014, and then that they really begin to organize, have a blueprint, and, and then they have this a, re, this, a, this a series of protests and riots between 14 and 19, right? In fact, right. there's something called the Ferguson effect, which is police pull back. They, they do not, right. They're not as proactive. Um, and, and that causes, uh, you know, an increase in death. And, and, and the, the estimate is that maybe 9,000 9, extra people were killed uh, because wow. of the Ferguson effect. That's actually probably more than, more than 50% African-American because statistics tell us that African-Americans are over 50% of the homicide victims. Right. Right. Then 2020, in yeah. the, the, the nine-minute uh, nine tragedy of George Floyd, right? right? And then that is when they, it, it explodes, right? In, in late May 2020, and all these groups, uh, it, it, that, that this mayhem is organized, is very clear. BLM GNF itself said in the spring of 2021 that they sent out uh, like 4 million emails, out of which they had 2 million actions, uh, the, the, the crisis monitor, the U.S. crisis monitor at Princeton University, a very BLM sympathetic outfit. Uh, they uh, they said, yeah, it's it, it's I mean, a minority, a, a small percentage of the protests uh, turned out into to, into riots. But you know, a small percentage of twelve thousand is six hundred and thirty. Six hundred and thirty riots. It turns out it turns into the, the most the, the costliest. The costliest uh, civil disturbance in U.S. history, according to the, the U.S. Insurance Institute, uh, wow. between one and two billion dollars in damage, and of course the murder rate just completely skyrockets that year. Uh, it goes up by thirty percent, of which you know the, the, the second highest was nineteen sixty eight, another politically charged year, and of course the New York Times, the Washington Post, say, oh yeah, this is because of uh, COVID. 
No. Right, right. Yeah, because every they, other country in the world had COVID. They had right. an increase in the homicide rate. What is there? What is where are they? I mean, uh, two questions. And where is, was their money coming from? I mean, who, and who's pushing this? And second, I guess, is yeah, what is the organizational structure? And, and what and what is their end goal? Well, the end goal, I would say you have to quote Alicia Garza when she says that the end goal is to dismantle the organizing principle of society. This is a verbatim quote. Dismantle the organizing principle of society. That's, that's all-encompassing. That's totalizing. That is not uh, making black lives better. That's changing America root and branch, right? This is what they want to dismantle the United States. Uh, Melina Abdullah says the same thing. They all hate capitalism. Uh, they are loosely organized. Uh, BLM GNF had in its impact report uh, last year, it detailed the 25 BLM, recognized BLM chapters to which it gave money, uh, but there are other BLM chapters that are not uh, these these officially recognized, but they still work with, with BLM GNF. There's also the Movement for Black Lives, which is another more loosely organized confederation of groups that they kind of collaborate with each other. Um, uh, so when, the thing is, though, when you Google Black Lives Matter, it doesn't take you to a beautiful concept or to a sign on a lawn. It takes you to BLM GNF. When people okay. give money, when, 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 when good Americans who have not heard any of this stuff I've been telling you have had their feelings manipulated or who just want a virtue signal, when they give right. money and they type BLM GNF, it takes them to this outfit, which is the outfit that bought the mansions and so forth. They, they're incredibly powerful. They have uh, a curriculum, which they distribute to the country's 14,000 school districts, uh, or 10,000, depends on how you count, right? They have right. bills in Congress. They endorse candidates, oppose candidates, uh, and they have incredible clout, and they're changing America. I have to say this again and again, because that is the main reason why I talk about this. Right. What, what are some well, of the- they, they get millions, tens of millions from huge corporations. How did that work out? Yeah, really. Well, they said they got in the summer, uh, in the in the second half of 2020, they said they got nine, 90 million, 90 million. That's a lot of money um, yeah. that raised in six months, right? Or, or seven months. The thing is that we don't know because we don't know where it's gone because they, don't, they haven't told the IRS. They, are, they, haven't, they haven't produced a, a Form 990. And Patrice Colonna said two weeks ago that the Form 990 were racist. Well, and, and as I understand it, they don't even know who to ask anymore, right? Because they're kind of playing the sort of the P game, you know, where it's like, who's in charge? Oh, he's in charge. No, I'm not in charge. And, and then, then I guess you're right. Then the bottom line is it's, it's racist anyway, so we're not going to actually tell you. What the... <laughs> Right. There's no CEO. There's no chairman. Right. What are they? Who else do they work with? I mean, are they in cahoots with with the with Hillary the, Clinton? With Hillary Clinton? Yeah, really. No, but with Antifa organization. <laughs> Wait, are they? Are they? No, 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 no. That's not a joke. That's not a right. joke. They just hired Mike Elias. Oh yeah. no! Elias, oh great, yeah. great. Elias, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Clinton and, organization and, does control it partially, and 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 they they mentioned they bought in Southern California. It was because they went, they're incredibly duplicitous, right? They knew, oh, my God, no, this could not get out. So they bought, they bought this mansion in Southern California and created this LLC that belonged to Mark Elias's, that the firm, the law firm where Mark Elias's worked. 
So, so you, you, you're joking about Clinton. No, you can't make lawfare. You can't make this up. Well, what is then? <laughs> let's just say that they they win, right? I mean, what what do they want to do with the country after they destroy the existing? I mean, just everyone in Black Lives Matter gets more mansions. I mean, I mean, do they have it, or is they are they just sort of a a force to be corrupt and a force to An anarchistic anarchist sort of. kind of thing, or do they actually have a plan for the future? So I have an unanswered and real answer. And by the way, you're great questioners. You ask all the right questions. The problem with communists is they're never very clear. Look, pick up the manifesto. It's a fun read. No, it's not. It's an awful read. But read the <laughs> manifesto. Mark and Engels are never clear about what their plan is. You know, but, but, but what you do get, you invariably get, is central planning. You get coercion. You get gulags. You get you know you you, you get repress repression. You, you, your freedom of speech is stamped out. You get you know even though they never say here is a blueprint is how we're going to take society. We're going to say we're going to take your stuff away. The government then we're going to no. You always get the same thing with communism. I mean, it's got a perfect record of failure. It always answers. It never produces bread. It produces only bread lines, and it produces the, the gulag. And it produces, it, it, it you know stamps out for humor and fun and joy. Right. Well, that sounds like a fun. Yeah. Actually, kind of Biden's taken us there a long way. Why then? And how do they then tie in? We've talked about Hillary Clinton. How do they tie in, like with the Obamas and and the current Democrat Party and whoever happens to be in Who, charge of the White House, the White House this I mean, week? We don't have a CEO there either. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lately, I've been looking at, at when, 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 when Biden got elected and he wrote his executive order, the first executive order was uh, on equity, right? And he was going to say, well, he's ordered an equity, an audit of all the, all the departments and agencies of the federal government to see how they were doing it. Equity, by the way, I should explain, scientific equality, and it used to mean roughly the same thing as equality under Kamala Harris and, and Joe Biden. It means the opposite of equality, right? The government has right. to uh, has to treat people unequally according to their race or ethnicity. Right, but forever then, too, uh, forever, right, right, forever. But last year, last year they issued the the the, the plan on how they're going to do this, and the plan is is, is incredibly pervasive. Um, so, I think the tie with the Biden administration is that Biden has come in and he. He senses, <laughs> he, he senses that the, all the energy and, and, and the, the dynamics in, in his party are on the left, right. right? And that he must acquiesce to all of this. So the poor man doesn't even mention the word equity anymore. You right. know, sometimes he reads a teleprompter, he sees equity, and he pronounces, he pronounces it equality, and then he goes back on himself and says, right. uh, not, not equality, equity. Um, right. you know, uh, so, so everything, you know, they, they try to do color conscious policies, which are illegal, constitutional, and immoral. The courts uh, have told them they can't do it, uh, and they're going to try another way. But, but it's definitely impacted the Biden Harris administration very deeply. Okay. What about well, Obama? Well, well, let, well, me, let, me, oh. well, let me ask you, because we don't have a lot of time no, left. Um, where do you think it's going? Has it been, has BLM been impacted by the mansion disclosures and and the the other ones, or is it still going very strong? Well, look, I think that they're they're a very consequential 
force in our lives. I think they're changing America, and, and if you've been listening for the last 20 minutes, not for the better. Uh, uh, you know, I the, the problem is people who, who read about this saying this is not good. However, the New York Times is not reported on this. The networks are not reported on this. Mm-hmm. Bet you bottom dollar, MSNBC has not said anything about this. Uh, CNN has not said anything about this. The New York Magazine has, to its credit, reported on it. It's the only mainstream leftist organization, and they came under withering criticism from Patrice Coulars for the guy, the guy was just doing his job. Uh, Sean Campbell, who should be commended, an African-American right. journalist who decided, I am a journalist first. Mm-hmm. This is reality. I must report on this. Uh, it has not been matched. The, 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 the Washington Post ran a column by Karen Atia, uh, the editor of the Global uh, Opinions page, and that's, that's, that's all there is. So, look, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does it make a noise? If right. Americans don't hear about this, right. Right. Will, will that right. have an impact? Man, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Well, that you know, but unfortunately, we've run out of time with you, Mike. You have been wonderful. Yeah. Where can people find the book, um, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution? Where can they find that and find out other stuff that you've been writing, too? Because you're all over the place. Amazon. I, I, it's my eighth interview today. Amazon mm-hmm. is a good place to get it. They tried to, they tried to uh, cancel my ad, and then I complained about it. They said... Well, you know, you wrote a book on a debated issue. I said, of course I wrote a book on a debated issue. We're democracy. We debate. And they apologized. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they let the ads go. So Amazon is a good place to get BLM, the making of a new Marxist revolution. But Barbara Noble, too, anywhere. All, All right, right, Michael, All right. so much. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank on. you for we'll doing back. Yeah, thank you for doing the research. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You guys have been great. Thanks. Bye. All right. Okay. Thank you. Take care. That's right. Mike Gonzalez. That's good if it's his eighth interview today. You know, yeah, I mean, he's kind of, that's yeah, Mike absolutely. Gonzalez, um, BLM, the making of a new Marxist revolution. I know our friend and, and colleague Karen Cataline always talks about, you know, you need mm-hmm. to understand that this is a whole Marxist thing. And you got to wonder, Chuck, I mean, it's just like, okay, we just want to destroy basically and get rich in the process. And I think, you know, you know that there are tentacles all over the place, right? Well, you and, wonder what Marxist theory is today. I mean, at uh, one time, you'd, you know, follow Das Kapital and you'd have the, uh, the uh, dictatorship of Botelier. And, you know, he had this whole thing that no one ever believes that, you know, it, it, it just... Marxism is just maybe I get control. I mean, right. I guess yeah. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Have centralized control that I'm in charge yeah, of. Yeah, and I get to um, everybody. That's, oh, this is from Charlene. This guy knows similar chaos and unrest events in Russia prior to the Bolshevik Resolution. Uh, this from Leo. My understanding is the BLM mansion in California is zoned residential, but they're saying they're going to use it for work things, et cetera. Yeah, right. yeah work yeah. things. They yeah, moved and, in. And they've got a, a safe house. Party. Yeah, yeah, the party house. Um, hey, that's going to wrap it up for yep. us. Uh, we got a great show on Friday we too. Sure do. Dave Williams, he made the gateway pundit there. What a brilliant Dave, idea! Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon Williams. Williams. And he's 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 kicking over in the fourth uh, congressional district, and hopefully he can quash Doug Lamborn, who is. Is he the fifth? I think he's a fifth. I thought it was a fourth, but I don't. We know, don't, sure. we don't know. We don't know. he's running. Just vote for Dave if you. Just for Dave. If, yeah. if he's on your ballot, if he has. 
Let's go, Brandon, vote for him. Well, because he's suing the Secretary of State to yes. make that be his, on the, to let him put that on the ballot. Right. And then also he and Stephanie Lott, God bless these guys at the state capitol, have introduced a bill. You know how we have to apologize for everything that we had nothing to do with, right? They would have introduced a bill to have Colorado and Governor Polis um, apologize. apologize for destroying Colorado. 43% of the small businesses. Right, for destroying Colorado businesses and lives during the lockdown. We're so, sorry. <laughs> so we want to talk As about the Disney, who is, uh, we, we want to come to, what, if you saw his thing, he said, we in Colorado do not go after companies like Disney. No, you just go no, after just the oil and gas. <laughs> oil and gas, you, know, you destroyed that. Yeah, yeah. And blah, blah, blah. We, anyone who can contribute a lot of yeah. money to my campaign, we do not go we after have, them. But all you little not people. Not companies like Disney, but oil and gas and other people. We will squash we you. destroy you. That's right. That's right. Anyway, that's coming up on Friday. Um, Thank you to um, Ash in America. Thank you to Mike Gonzalez. Yeah, both of them were just great. And we'll, we'll, well see let me, you on Wait, let me just say thank you, guys. More. Yeah, more, more, more. more thank more, you. More. More, the guy, more, great guys you. at BBS, all of you guys on Zoom. Remember, you can always catch the podcast. Kids Across America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can catch the show at chuckandjulie.com. Okay, now I'll wrap it up. No, go ahead. Okay, we'll see you all on Party Friday. Everyone have a great couple of days.